I mean, if there's any a day that I just struggle with wanting to read my Bible, I can uh, I can pull up that video, and God and God just breathes into me the excitement of what we get to do. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight. If you can't tell by the video, this is what we're going after: um, is why the Bible. This basic series as we look at um, the basics of our faith and what we believe and why we believe stuff and what's important in our faith. One of the most foundation, most important things for us to get and what for us to love is our Bible. And I love as Piper uh, puts it in that video, John Piper, is it's, it's how we know God. And so tonight, I, I just want to, it's not, I don't have a lot, um, I, I'd rather spend some time talking about it, but um, I want to talk about why we believe the Bible. So I'm going to come out of two reasons, because last, last week we talked about if Jesus is who he really is, it changes everything, right? If the cross actually did what it said, Jesus said, it, or the Bible says it did, and it changes everything, then we also have to believe that the Bible is the true word of God. Because if not, what we talked about last week, you know, is in vain. It doesn't matter. And so what I want you to see tonight, I want you to walk away with this unbelievable excitement about the word of God. Because it's not just some book but it's God's word breathed out. And so uh, two things I want us to talk about. So I'm just going to give a few reasons why we can trust the Bible. Um, I'm not going to get very deep. You can get into the arguments of um, why historians believe that this is, this is trustworthy and, and there's proof to show that, um, that it was actually written and their, the accounts are true. So I'm going to just give you a few things, just some basics of what the Bible's consisted of, and then I want us to see why we should read our Bibles every day. So first, um, just some facts about this book, this, this awesome, incredible book that we call the Word of God. And so the Bible, does anyone know how many books are in the Bible? How many books, individual books, make up the whole Bible? 66. And anyone know how many are in the Old Testament? No, it's close, but 39. So 39 make up the Old Testament, 27 make up the New Testament. What's so cool about the Bible, too, is that it was written in three different languages, Hebrew, Greek, and some of it in um, Aramaic. It's written over a period of 1,500 years. 1,500 years, this book was written over the, that time by 40 authors, 40 different authors, and collected from three different countries. It, it, came, it was written in Europe, Asia, and Africa. I, I think it's just so cool that and one reason we could talk about why the Bible, you can believe the Bible to be trustworthy, is the Bible has one central theme that runs all throughout it. And it was written over 1,500 years on three different continents and three different languages, and it all tells the same story. You have to, at some point, if, that, if that's true, you have to believe that there's something divine, there's something supernatural behind it. It's not just some men that pen some stuff. It's been translated, this is what's so cool about it, and where a lot of people get kind of, um, they get kind of uh, wrestling around with the idea, can it be true? It's been translated by hand from the original language, from, you know, the Hebrew and the Greek, and it was translated into Latin, and then from Latin it was translated into English, and the beginning, like, so, you know, nowadays you want to copy someone or something, you, the majority of us aren't handwriting stuff anymore. My handwriting looks so, b I can barely read my own handwriting because I type everything. So if you've got a uh, 
handwritten note from me over the past month. I apologize if you couldn't read it. Brody thought my handwriting was cursive. I can't write in cursive. It's You're with me, brother. I can't read it. Sometimes I can. So I apologize. You want me to translate what it says, I can. But it was handwritten, and so that's, we have um, manuscripts, original, some of the original manuscripts of the copies of the original letters. What I want us to see, too, is the book is not just, they're not books, like we consist, like a book. It was letters written to the church, whether to, in the New Testament, like letters written to the church and direction, or to people to prove who Jesus said he is, or they're just historical accounts of what happened. So see that throughout the Old Testament, you see in the book of Acts, you, then you have the prophets who wrote down prophecies of what to come. Just so, so much stuff, and this is kind of might, maybe boring you, but, but I want you to see. The uh, manuscripts that we have of the Bible, we have more manuscripts of the Bible than we do of any other um, writings from that time period. A lot of writings that most uh, secular um, historians don't wrestle with usually only have about maybe 10 manuscripts to their writings, and they believe that they're true. The Bible has around 5,800 manuscripts, and it's incredible. I, I mean, that might not get you excited. It gets me excited um, because it shows that this Bible, the people that believed it, thought and, and wrote down by hand all these words so that we might one day have the words of God. Um, like I said, the Bible's made of different letters, historical events, and God's decree or his will for his people. But see, we believe that the Bible, what I want you to hear, what I believe, what this church believes, is that the Bible was not just written by normal men as it was written by normal men, but it was inspired, these men were inspired by God. Their words are not their own, they're God's words that he inspired through men. It's not just a bunch of men that wrote some stuff down and we hope it's true. It's God's breathed out. And the scripture tells us that the word of God is infallible, which means it's without error. We believe that every word in this Bible is without error. It does not contradict or give a false account to anything it says. Everything it says is trustworthy. So at the end of the day, we can talk about, I can give you all these I can give you all these facts about why the Bible is something you can believe, but at the end of the day, it still takes faith. We talked about that last week. It still takes faith to believe that this is inspired by God, but what I want to kind of lean into is why you can trust. Why you can trust it as I answer the question why you should read your Bible every day, because I believe if we read our Bible every day, we will learn to grow in the idea of believing that it's true, because I believe the Bible will just prove itself. But if you do... Uh, if you, you know, this kind of stuff interests you and you want to read a book, um, this is kind of a heavy read. It's a little bit difficult um, because John Piper wrote it and he just thinks differently than most people. But he wrote a book called A Peculiar Glo Glory. And in it, like, the subtitle is How Christian Scriptures Reveal Their Complete Truthfulness. And I love it because it goes into a lot of these facts that I talk about. It, it explains why you can trust it, why the Scriptures reveal that they're true. It doesn't get very um, into the debates that you can you want to, you can find Abram Ill or Dawson Murray, and they'll, they'll explain more of that stuff for you. But I love that the scriptures do prove that the Bible is true. So if that's true, why should you read your Bible? You know, we, we, so many times, like, how many of y'all have ever been told, you should read your Bible? Anyone, anyone make a resolution to, hey, I'm going to read the Bible in its entirety this year, in 2017? 
Who is, who is just knocking that out of the park like, I'm in every day? Good. Good, I'm not. I have struggles. I just want to be honest. But I want you to see why. So one thing, I brought this just to be an illustration to look at. Um, if I break this or any of y'all break it, um, I will no longer be married or alive, probably. My wife will kill me. I took it off the wall and didn't ask, and so I could be in trouble. Um, I don't know why you hang a, a window on a wall that you can't see through, but anyways. Um, and then put a wreath over it, like, oh, whatever. I can say that because she's not here. If you listen to the podcast, baby, I love you. Um, but I love that in, this, in the video, Piper explains that the, the Word of God is not a painting that we just look at, this boring painting that everything you can see is there. But he, he explains that the Bible is a window that you look through. And when you look through, and what this book that he wrote explains is that when you look through this window called the Bible, you see the complete glory of God. The Bible will explain that Jesus is who he says he is because throughout the pages, even in the Old Testament, it points to Jesus. There we go. Yes. So, um, I grew up in a house that had this thing called a bay window. Anyone know what a bay window is? Good, I'm glad. Last week, y'all didn't believe my illustration. But no CMs do exist. But um, anyways, I grew up in this thing called a bay window. And what it is, if you don't know, is like, it's a, um, it's this ledge that kind of sticks out from the house. And we had all these pillows and stuff, and it's cool. And it was just this big thing of windows, like just a, kind of a, stuck out from the house and all these windows. And growing up, um, we had this dog that loved laying up in the window, and, and I would lay on the dog, and, and I just loved looking out the window because I grew up in a time where um, we played outside as kids, and we didn't have cell phones or Netflix. Yeah. It was a good, it was a good time. It was a good time. We didn't watch Netflix. We, video games really didn't exist. Well, if they did, I couldn't afford them. Um, how did we all live? I went outside and played in the sun, got muddy. Grass stains all over me. It was awesome. It's a good time. It's that <laughs> so long ago. <laughs> but anyways, I grew up in a time that you loved to be outside. So if you didn't get to go outside, um, because the internet didn't really, you know, it was dial-up. Um, and uh, huh? Yeah, if you got on the phone, you got kicked off the internet. And, I mean, y'all just don't know how good y'all have it. Or, ba- I don't know if it's bad or good, but anyways, we didn't, bad, there we go. But we didn't grow up in a time that, um, so I loved being outside. I was a kid that loved to play in the creek and do all kinds of stuff. Sloan and I used to go wade through the creek as kids, and I don't know how we didn't die or get bit by a snake or something. But, um, but anyway, so if I didn't get to be outside, I loved to look out the window. Because I love outside, I, I I'm, I, I would rather be outside than inside. Sometimes, unless it's hot, then I'm like, AC for the win. Um, but see, have you ever thought about why you have a house, or your house has windows? Why you have a house? You ever thought about why you're win? Because <laughs> it's, it's bad. Who's calling me? Um, man, ADD. The two earlier were better than this one, Sloan. But, but you ever thought about why your house has windows? I mean, your house is just to keep you secure and keep you out of the elements of outside. But it's a natural desire to want to be able to see outside and to see beyond what you can. 
and, and to be able to tell what's going on and that kind of stuff. And so I believe that's why it's such a cool way to think of the Bible as not, not a painting, not just a wall that we stare at, but a window to see through. Because it tells us everything that, that you need to know. Everything that you could ever need to know is found in this book. And when we look through the window of the Bible, we get to see the God that created us in his glory. So I want us to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4. You got your Bibles, go ahead and turn there. Starting in verse 1, I'm just going to read the first uh, six verses and then we'll, we'll chat for a second and we'll be done. It says, Therefore, having the ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart. But we have renounced disgraceful, unhandled ways, underhanded ways, and we refuse to practice cunning or tamper with God's word. But by an open statement of truth, we would commend ourselves and everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And if, and even our gospel, and even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled only to those who are perishing. And the case of the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel, the glory of God, who is the image of God. For, we, for what we proclaim is not of ourselves, but Jesus Christ our Lord, with ourselves as servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shone into our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. So there's a lot happening here, but I want us to see, as, as Paul is saying, we're not going to mess with the word of God. We're not going to tamper with it. We're going to uphold it and, and, and believe in it because... As he goes in to say, it's the light that shines out of the darkness. Because ultimately where we get what we firmly believe and the gospel that we believe is in the word of God. And ultimately the gospel is the light that shines out of darkness and reveals to us the glory of God. But what we see in the Bible is not about us. A lot of times people like to call the Bible, it's the road map of life and it, it tells you everything you need to know. About, it tells you everything you need to know about Jesus. There's not a lot in here that lets me know, hey, Brandon Bridge Farmer, this is what you should do in life, and blah, blah, blah. I mean, there's reasons why, what I should do to follow Jesus, but ultimately, the Bible is the window into the life of Jesus and the glory of Jesus. See, I want us to see that tonight, from Genesis to Revelation, the whole entire Bible screams the glory of God. It's the, it's the redemption story. It's our story of being redeemed back to Jesus. And I love that in the video, Piper says, why I don't read my Bible is because I don't want to read my Bible. It's not because I'm too busy. Because if I talk to most of you, if you watch Netflix, you have plenty of time to binge watch an episode or a season of whatever. Right? And, and, like, and I, I'm in this boat. You have plenty of time to get that extra 30 minutes of sleep. You didn't go to bed till 1 a.m., but, you know, who am I to judge? And I'm, on, I'm in this boat. Like, what, it, what, it, what would it look like if we actually believe that this is the Word of God and in this we look through to see Jesus? And when we see Jesus, we see the face of God. Look at that. In, at the end of uh, in verse 6, it says, has shown into our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. When we, when we look through the window to see this, we get to know who God is and we get to see 
Jesus. So often you hear people say, man, I, I, it'd be different if Jesus was here, if I got to see Jesus. You get to see him. Not physically put your eyes on him, but you get to see everything you need to know about this Jesus to prepare yourself, as it's in the video, to enjoy him forever. This isn't about checking off the list that God might love you more and bless you more if you read the Bible. It's about preparing yourself to know him and enjoy him. That changes everything. And so why I want students to love the Bible, why I want you to love the Bible, is not just so we can be a bunch of people that have knowledge about God. It's that you might love him. When I got saved, man, I couldn't put it down. I just, I, I wanted to eat it, I just eat it up. Like, I, 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 man, I'm underlined and all that kind of stuff. And, and I believe, man, if we tethered ourselves to this, if we connected ourselves to this, we would constantly want the world to know what we know. But we don't tell people about Jesus because we're not actually in love with him. Because we're not looking out the window, we're staring at the wall. If your Bible just hangs out in the house and never gets opened, how are you ever going to know him? But Brandon, man, I, I want to be a better Christian. I want to pray more. I want to love people more. I want to do the, do you read your Bible? Brandon, I, I want to know what God wants for me in life. Do you read your Bible? Brandon, I, I, I want to know God. Read your Bible. I want to hear from him. It's his word. That's what, like, when I get in these moods of just like, man, God, I wish you'd just make it clear. It's been a week where I've just like, God, can you make it clear to me what you want from me? What is, what is it you have for me? And I have to check myself, have I read this? If I want to know him and enjoy him forever, have I read it? Because your knowledge is going to lead to a deeper love. Your knowledge of God will always lead to a deeper love if you're actually reading it to know him. To know him, not know of him, to know him. And when your knowledge leads to a deeper love, your deeper love will always lead to action. Always. You can't look through the window and not want to go outside. And, it's, and what's so cool about the God that we serve as the band comes back up is that when you look out a window in your house, you can't see everything outside, right? You can only see to the extent that you can. And that's true of God. We will always be able to learn. That's eternity is learning more about who he is and enjoying him forever. So as your knowledge leads to a deeper love and your deeper love leads to action, your friends should fall in love with Jesus because you love his word and they'll want to know, know and love his word. So if you want to see Jesus, you must look through the window. You must look through the window. And the Bible is the window, and it's all throughout the pages of the glory of God. All throughout the pages are his glory. And so I love that the video ends with the rhetorical question of, so am I going to read my Bible tomorrow? Where else would I go? How else will I know him? How else will I prepare myself to enjoy him forever? If you want to enjoy him forever, then open it. And get to the point where, man, you can't go to bed if you haven't opened it. Because in it, it's not just a bunch of weird stories or hard things to understand. It's the story of Jesus and his redemption for us. 
to look through the window. Let's pray. Jesus, we, God, we thank you that you've made it, made a way for us to see you. Jesus, you've, you've revealed your, you revealed your story to us in the work of your Bible, God, you've, you, you've allowed men to write down what we need to know about you, that we might know you, love you, and enjoy you. So Jesus, I pray for students. God, I pray for tonight that in my jumbled mess, God, that you, you've spoke into the hearts of students and, and created a fire to know you. God, may we never be the same. Never be the same, Jesus. May we just love your word more than we love more than we love food or video games or Netflix or our just being around whatever it is, Jesus. May we love your word because in your word we know you. So God, may you do what only you can do. And may you change our hearts. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.